Welcome to podcast. On this episode, you get to meet Elizabeth and Alicia, the first two that were brave enough to jump on board podcast and share their client success stories with us. It's a fantastic episode. We also hear about how they came to join ACNA and of course their first bicycles. Um, I was a bit rusty on this episode. I have to admit I hadn't used my podcast skills in a while and I sort of stuffed up the sound recording a little. So it's a big call out to Liz and Alicia for your patience and kindness as we recorded this episode and I apologise in advance for my dodgy work there. Let's hope that Melissa, our sound engineer, can fix a lot of that up. Okay, enjoy the episode, everyone. Bye. Okay, I'm now recording. Uh, Liz and Alicia, welcome to podcast. The reason I am laughing is because we're 10 seconds into the recording, but we've all been at this for 23 minutes, which seems to be a theme today. So I'm wondering if maybe that's my issue and that we need a new host. (laughs) Welcome to you both. Thank you. I'm super excited that you're both here because you are the first to be brave and come on podcast and share stories about your work and stories of success with your clients. Now, you sort of got dobbed in a bit. I asked for some great success stories around (laughs) Australia and your names popped up. And I think all that you did was very innocently send stories of reablement success. And the next thing you know, you get an email from me to be on podcast. So, (laughs) geez, sorry about that, guys. I think I was dobbed in by another colleague. That's even worse. Alicia, (laughs) because you've been online the longest and I've had the joy of hearing your beautiful boys in the background before you could hear me going, hello, hello, (laughs) would you like to tell us about the success story that got you the fame of being on podcast tonight? (laughs) Sure, no problem. So I've only been an assessor since March and part of my training was a buddy shift with Amanda Robson and she I met her out with a couple of clients it was lovely husband and wife so we did a double and she did the write-up for the wife and I did the write-up for the husband now these couple were actually quite independent and already had quite a lot of lightweight tools in the house and strategies that worked together so they would start at one end of the house each and meet in the middle and they knew as far as they could walk but they made sure they walked every day as much as possible to try and keep using their muscles and things. So they were delightful to to talk to and they were very um, excited to have some more new strategies that could go out there. So Amanda has this lovely bag of aids that she takes along just in case they come in handy. So we just they mentioned that they were having some fatigue and pain from bending down and doing some domestic duties. So when we did our walkthrough, when it came to the bathroom, Amanda handed me the lovely Bath Magic uh, scourer that's on a telescopic handle. And so we just demonstrated that for them and they gave it a bit of a trial in, in the bathroom and they were absolutely in love with it. And it prevented them from having to bend over, but that they could still maintain the bathroom cleaning duties for themselves. And they had a lovely tool that they could use for doing their skirting boards for dusting them. And he said, oh, it hurts so much when I'm pushing backwards and forwards. So I demonstrated to him the technique because I'd just come out of reablement with Penny doing my my training. And um, I demonstrated to him tucking your elbow into your hip and just walking with it rather than pushing it backwards and forwards. I demonstrated that and then he copied it and he's like, wow, I can't believe it makes such a difference. 
So, yeah, just a few little handy tips like that. And we also demonstrated the long shoehorn that you can get from IKEA. And that one end works as a dressing stick and the other end works for your shoes. So those few little bits that they implemented and they went out, Amanda was able to to give them a stick because she had a spare one. And, um, yeah, when, when we rang them back a few weeks later, they were just absolutely over the moon and they said that the pain was minimal and manageable and... Yeah, it was a success. Oh, congratulations. Amazing. And that call, I think it was two weeks later. Yes. That you followed up. I hear people describe that follow-up call as some of like the best reward of the job is to hear hear the success or help coach them for further skills development. Is that how you saw it? Yeah, most definitely. I think too, because Amanda made the call and so she sent me the email and you know, just the, the words of thanks from them um, and then the words of praise from Amanda for, you know, for having done a good job during the training and, and um, successfully demonstrating some things that have changed the way they do their, their duties and, and their daily activities. So it was really exciting to know that I'd done something correct and that training paid off. Oh, go Lizzie, what a start. And welcome aboard. Only joining us in March. Thank you. That's so exciting. And being brave enough to be on podcast as well. Go you. (laughs) Thank you, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Liz, tell us about your success story. Uh, So mine is a little different to Alicia's. Um, This gentleman was a 63-year-old man who came onto our SASH program pretty much when we first began, so November 2018. He has severe COPD and was very socially isolated, lived alone, very few family supports or friend supports, although he did have a few friends, but he was really struggling to manage at home. He was involved with the Integrated Chronic Care Program we have here, uh, which supports people with chronic illnesses who frequently admit to hospital. Um, So he was referred to us by the Integrated Chronic Care Program for some help around the house. Um, Initially, it was around shopping and domestics because he became so short of breath even walking as short as five metres. You know, he'd have to sit down or have a rest. So shopping and cleaning was very, very difficult for him. So part of the goal of um, SASH is, or one of the goals is to be supported to access the NDIS. And it's very difficult with a chronic illness to access the NDIS. So part of our support was to facilitate helping him get onto the NDIS program because realistically he was going to deteriorate. It was very difficult to um, for him to do really anything. He was able to access a electric wheelchair through some friends of his and he was very good at trying to do what he could. He was the caretaker of a local pony club, uh, lived on site and so was involved with maintaining the lawns, whether there was any maintenance that needed to be done on the the pony club, uh, that was part of his role. He was also working with the Department of Corrections and for community services, he would supervise people who had to do their community service. So they would also support with maintaining the grounds. Obviously, as his condition deteriorated, he was able to do less and less. So initially under the SASH program, we put in some domestic assistance for him, then also some shopping assistance. But once he was able to access the electric wheelchair, he was actually able to do this shopping himself, which was awesome because he could travel up to the local shops 
the staff at the shop supermarket would support him and help him to pack his groceries into his little caddy at the back of his wheelchair and he could come back and then take his time to unpack all his groceries. So that was great. But um, throughout the SASH program, he actually deteriorated further. So we had to put in some personal care support as well. But throughout the SASH, we supported with the NDIS applications and liaising with an advocate, getting an advocate involved. We also worked on um, getting an occupational therapist assessment uh, sooner. He was When we first met with him, he was on a waiting list, but the waiting lists are huge. And so we spoke to the occupational therapist and explained that the situation for him had changed and he'd rapidly deteriorated and things were really becoming difficult, particularly showering. And so they then became involved and were able to put in some different equipment to support his independence as well. Shower stool, hospital bed, and then they also supported with the NDIS application. So the, I guess the success story there for him was that after a lot of fighting he and a lot of appeals he did access the NDIS in the end which was wonderful and it was really going to benefit him massively in the long run so yeah. Fantastic and Liz would you like to explain to all our wonderful ACNA listeners where you're located? Uh, Yep so we're located in Western Sydney Uh, So the gentleman that I was just talking about was in the Hills area of Western Sydney, but the SASH program covers what we cover, Western Sydney and South Western Sydney. And your role's quite unique in Sydney because you do both the assessment and case management, don't you? Yes, that's correct. So we stay involved until we exit them from the program. And usually, uh, not always, but it's either that the person has been able to be re-abled or that they have accessed the NDIS when we finish up with them, generally. Oh, that's a great summary. Thank you, Liz. Yeah. You're welcome. Alicia, are you still on the line there? I am, yes. Oh, hello again. (laughs) Alicia, where are you located? I forgot to ask as you were telling your story. So I'm in WA and ACNA is, uh, for us, for the office, is in San Giorgio in Osborne Park. And you're a wellness assessor in WA? That's correct, yes. So um, RAS assessor. Oh, excellent. All right, last question for the evening, Liz and Alicia, and you know it's about your bike. (laughs) (laughs) Alicia, do you want to go first? Tell us about your first bike. My first bike um, was a um, what we called a dinky bike. Um, (laughs) So it had the it had the metal bit at the back that someone could sit on, or your bag would sit on, so you would dinky someone around. So it was (laughs) it was too tall for me, and there were many falls, but it's what we had, and we just rode it. Love it. Liz, what was your first bike? Well, I actually honestly couldn't remember. Um, The earliest memory I had was, I think they're called banana seats. I've heard other people talk about them in the podcast, but um, they've got that little curved metal bar at the back of the bike. But actually, as Alicia was talking about the dinky, I had this vivid memory of this red dinky that I had with the little metal tray at the back. And I can now that she's mentioned it, can vividly remember like doubling my neighbour in the back seat. So like in the little tray at the back. So there you go. Thank you, Alicia. You've jogged my memory. (laughs) You're welcome. See what fun it is on a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) The middle of dinner, running kids around, trying to find a silent spot in earphones at work. It's all just in the past when you start talking about your first bike. That's it. Yeah. 
I promised you both I would only keep you on for half an hour. I've got five more minutes. Alicia, yep. do you want to tell us what drew you to ACNA? Um, I've been trying since having maternity leave, I've been trying to get back into an area where I'm helping people. My background is in disability and community services and I just had a colleague in the business who said, look, we're advertising for intake officers, so if you'd like to give it a go. Um, so I applied and I was lucky enough to get the spot. But now that I'm within ACNA, I can see so many benefits, so many directions that we're going and what we're doing is just amazing, reabling people to stay independent. It just makes me feel good. Oh, Alicia, that is an amazing explanation. Liz, what drew you to ACNA? Because I think it's been quite a few years, Liz. Yeah. So Alicia started in March. When did you start? <laughs> um, I think it's about seven and a half years ago, so I've been around for a while. Mine's actually a bit of a convoluted story. I Ten plus years ago, I worked for an organisation here in Sydney who actually had silver chain involvement. Uh, they, our CEO and sort of head people headed over to Perth to have a look at silver chain system and learn a lot about Comcare and, and that sort of thing. And so I'd heard about silver chain years and years and years ago. And then when I was working for a different organization after that, we lost the compacts funding and because silver chain had gained that funding. And um, when I heard about that and saw the ad, I immediately went, I have to work for that organization. I'd heard so much about them previously with my former company and um, and I knew of some of the work that Silver Chain was doing and how they were working with people in the community and I just felt that I really needed to be a part of that and, and what a great opportunity it would be and seven and a half years later I'm still here and I'm so grateful to be able to do the things that we do and loving the SASH program and the difference that we're making for people and we are making a difference because we hear it every day from our clients, which is really rewarding. And we meet some fascinating people and I just love it. <laughs> oh, yep. That is fantastic. The two of you are absolute rock stars. Hiya, Melis here from London, the sound engineer, producer of the amazing Acnas podcast. Just letting you know, accidentally stopped the recording before the end so i hope you enjoy the music i chose to send this episode out mm.